We're up to episode 27 now of the podcast, Alex, uh, and it's just me and you today. Um, just like the good old days. Just like, <laughs> just like the good old days. So I saw, <laughs> as Alex's phone goes sideways, uh, I saw that you got a golden ticket today for the uh, for the Sheffield game. I did. I think it's more of a platinum ticket, judging by the amount of people who were, who were disappointed. So one of the lucky ones. I know a lot of people who've who missed out, who misjudged the new queue system or whatever. So, yeah, very lucky, very it's, lucky. Interestingly, I was speaking to somebody who's a season ticket holder before, uh, just happened to pass somebody, and uh, he said he'd forgotten that it was uh, Monday, it would have been, was it, that the uh, tickets went on sale? He'd forgotten and then missed out. His seat had been sold this morning. So... <laughs> So that it's caught out a few people, despite the fact that the pub, the club, obviously put out big updates. Yeah, I mean, got a feel for your mate, but turn on tweet notifications. Yeah, never miss a thing. Then That's never miss a thing. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's interesting because obviously they've had a queuing system, which is I think is designed to help the experience once you're online, because there's loads of people that go online and then it like it doesn't work, uh, and people are taking your seats are disappearing in front of you. So I think that's the that queuing system, which isn't unique to Wrexham, it's a Ticketmaster thing that is. I don't know if you go to many concerts and stuff, but that's pretty standard. Um, it it's probably better experience when you are online. You're not going to have that bad experience of tickets disappearing as often. Um, but for if you're, you know, if I, th- I think I saw people who were like five, six, seven hundredth in the queue. I guess that's the frustration in it. Yeah, you're right about once you're in there after the queue, it's better because you've got more chance of getting your tickets, checking out without any issues. I mean, the gripe what people have including myself, if I didn't get a ticket, is the fact we weren't told about this queue. Many people saw the 10 a.m. start date or start time and thought, okay, I'll log on at 9.55, I'll get in, get my tickets. But those who did log in at 9.55, 9.56, 9.57, whatever, I think they found that they're 8, 900, 1,000 in the queue. Which, when you consider how many season tickets have been sold and how many members are ahead of them, it leaves you very, very little chance of getting a ticket. So, yeah, the only gripe I've got with the club is could they have said something about the queue beforehand? But if they did say that, everyone would be joining it seven in the morning Probably. so yeah it's a tricky one isn't it yeah and I, I, well it'd be interesting to see if it's there to stay now or whether it was a one-off little trial of it or what but i, I i've experienced it a lot with Ticketmaster myself um yeah from a, I, as i say i don't know if you do much music and stuff i don't do an awful lot but i do know that the that most of the gigs i've sort of been to it's kind of been the norm that so uh, we'll see if it survives i guess um I guess it's for matches which are in extremely high demand. Yeah. Um, obviously, standard league matches get sold out quickly, but not within, was it 20 minutes or so? They got sold out in today. So 
Maybe the promotion game, Touchwood, if there is a promotion game at home this season, we might see it again for that. Worst comes to worst, if we've got a home playoff game, <laughs> hope that doesn't happen, of course, but we may see it for that as well. I'm shaking, shaking my head. I'm not even contemplating that. <laughs> this is Rex somewhere on about. <laughs> no, no, don't say things like that. Okay, so usual sort of menu. We'll go over, we'll briefly discuss um, the Altrincham game. Um, we will round up a little bit of news because there's not much. We'll have a look at the, the league a little bit and then we'll look ahead to Maidstone. Um, and then I've also got a little tag to put on the end of the podcast because I spoke to uh, Fred Atkins, who's the writer-presenter of the Gate Money documentary, who's also a Maidstone fan. So I spoke to him for 20 minutes about... Uh, he'll do, be doing the commentary, actually, for Maidstone. Um, I spoke to him about the game as well to, to get his thoughts. So uh, sort of usual, usual sort of spiel is what I would say. Um, so... Altrincham, did you? I didn't. I, I saw Richie there briefly. I didn't see yourself. Did you go? Were you hiding? <laughs> no, I didn't go. I was um, watching at home on the stream. So I can give you an alternative view if you were there in person. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was an interesting. It was interesting. I wasn't overly bothered by that game, other than the the only thing I would say is that the the point a lot of people made is it's good for those sort of rotational players to get minutes, so I've got no problem with that. It's good for that. Um, and it would have been nice to perhaps have an extra game or two, I guess, just to give keep them having some minutes. But I wasn't overly bothered um, about the sort of results. I was a bit embarrassed for them, the way the fans and some of the players reacted at full time. thought that was a bit... I don't know if you saw that on the stream, but I'm sure you read it on Twitter. It was farcical. It was like they'd won the World Cup or something, the way they were celebrating um, and jumping on the pitch. It was a bit cringy, that. Um, but other than that, it was nice for Bickerstaff to get another couple of goals. Um, nice for Andy Cannon to get some minutes, Leighton and Lennon. Uh, Leighton clearly needs the minutes because uh, I haven't seen the highlights back yet, but bit shaky on the goals. Um, and it was, you know, uh, it, it was almost just like another reserve game in effect, wasn't it? Yeah, I think I had the same mindset as you going into the game. If we win, fair enough. We can continue to give reserve players, fringe players, youth players a run out. Um, the only caveat to that is if you do advance in the trophy and then you surrender a league game um, on the Saturday, which is not good for fixture congestion and falling behind um, on points and games behind rivals. Um, and in that sense, I was in the mindset, if we do lose, then it's one less distraction, frees up our league um, fixtures. And it's only the FA Trophy. We've been to Wembley three times now. We've won it, of course, in 2013. So... The novelty of winning the trophy and getting to the final has long worn off. So open-minded and probably not far from the perfect scenario. It was a decent game, decent performance um, from some of the fringe players, bigger staff especially. No injuries, didn't embarrass ourselves. And yeah, um, happy days at the end of the day. In regards to the pitch invasion, in Altrincham's defence... It looked to me like it was mainly kids. And if you're 14, 15, 16, whatever, and you beat 
Hollywood Wrexham, even if it's Hollywood Wrexham's reserve team on penalties in a, in a cup competition on a Friday night. Does excitement get the better of you? Maybe. Um, if there was any adults who were on the pitch, then fair enough. That's a bit sad. You need to grow up. But it did look like mainly kids to me. He, uh, you mentioned Bickerstaff, uh, who had a really good game. But uh, Butler as well at the back, um, I think was was probably my man of the match. He was really, really good. I don't know if that came across on the stream or not, because obviously you see different things, don't you? Um yeah, but it was just it was interesting that he he seemed to have a lot of respect off uh, that that sort of backline. Even Lennon, who you would think would be the seniority in Cleworth, but you know they weren't sort of treating him and coaxing him through. In fact, he looked an equal to him. Um, certainly, when you watch he, him off the ball talking to him. Yeah, you wouldn't think he was he was so young. Um, apart from was it the first 10, 15 minutes? I thought we were all over the place. Saltingham yeah. could have been. Um, to maybe even three goals up at that point. But after those first few 15 minutes, I think we settled. And yeah, out of the three central defenders, I think he was probably the standout, especially when you consider his age. It's not to yeah. say Lennon and, and Clayworth had bad games. I just think if you see a boy who, who settles in that nicely, um, you think, wow, we should have a player on our hands here. And same goes to Bickerstaff as well, took his goals really well. Um, he must be knocking on the door for a maybe not a start in the league, but maybe he's one of our first go-tos if we're losing or if we're drawing or trying to win a game. Do we bring him off the bench instead of Dalby, for example? Um, and at the other end of the age spectrum, if you want to call it that, was Dave Jones. <clears throat> Getting a kick about, <laughs> yeah. He didn't yeah, look absolutely. out of place for someone who's not kicked a competitive football for well over a year now. Yeah, I think uh, that was a bit of a surprise, but Parky obviously felt that he needed a bit of experience in there more than anything. Um, I, I, I was a bit surprised by the furore about Leighton. Um, if you went on certain uh, Wrexham forums afterwards, it was uh, chuck him in the bin. Um, you know, this is somebody who didn't play football for, would it be nine, 12 months or something? This guy's going to need some games, isn't he? Um, you know, you can't just write him off after a game and say throw him in the bin. He's, when he's fit, he was one of the best goalkeepers, if not the best goalkeeper in the league. Just needs match practice again. Oh, where did you see these comments about binning him off? <laughs> oh, they were, they, they were on all social, all aspects of social media, uh, and very known, well, very well known Wrexham forums. Which shall remain nameless. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody needs me to name them. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, just going off topic slightly, there has been lots of overreaction on, on Facebook groups, on internet message boards um, today about the tickets yeah. and other issues as well. And sometimes you just think to yourself, come on. I mean, I mean, I've been off, I haven't been online much today, to be honest, but I saw a lot of ticket for Raw. But I mean, you know, if you want to get tickets, start by being a season ticket holder, I guess, and then go from there, because that's the currently is the only way to guarantee a ticket, isn't it? Sadly, that yeah. is what it is. You can't, you know. I mean, I get that argument. Some people, huge fans, can't get season tickets, whether that be the price up front, maybe they live down south, and they can't justify paying that much for only going to a set amount of games, whether they work Saturdays, family commitments... 
I get what you're saying. If you want to guarantee the seats and the big matches, get a season ticket, but some people can't. And it's the big fans who I do feel a little bit sorry for. You perhaps can't get online at 10 a.m. on certain days either because of work or for whatever reason. Um, but it's a nice problem to have. I mean, we don't want to go back to the days of three and a half, four thousand gates, even when we were doing okay. Um, long term, I think obviously the cop stand adding five thousand on the gate is going to help as well. So we should only have this issue for a season and a half more, and then we should be okay after that. Providing uh, the cop gets built and lease issues are resolved, I guess, is, oh. the, is the other thing, which, again, I didn't look into the detail too much. I saw the statement the other day, um, uh, and I know in our little chat group, I can't remember whether who it was, said, what's going on here? Um, so because I don't know the detail too much, don't want to say too much about it, but I th I'm guessing that there's an element of trying to protect the club about it rather than people being awkward. Yeah, it would be extremely, extremely spiteful, selfish, pathetic for um, the WST to make life difficult for the club and the owners going forward. Um, I know that's what a lot of people have said, they're hanging on to the last bit of power. I don't know the ins and outs, and we don't know what goes on behind the scenes, so I don't want to speculate, but you'd mm. think they have the best interests in the club at heart. and. For whatever reason it's taken um, for them to surrender the lease, if that's the right term, then there must be good reasons behind it. Yeah. Well, since we segued into the news, a couple of other bits then. So obviously the Chesterfield game was rescheduled. Um, I've got only because we've segued because there's not a lot to say about Altrincham, is it? That's it. Done. Dusted. We're out. Thankfully, thanks very much. You know. We'll never be in that competition again with any luck. Uh, so <laughs> let's. Uh, Let's go on to uh, so Chesterfield got rescheduled for twenty eighth of February, I think it was. So we what are we? Ooh, five six weeks away. Um, so big bump to that one. Um, but nevertheless, it means now. I think I'm sure I saw in February. Have we got eight games, six at home, or something like that? I think is the uh, is yeah. the stat. I think starting from the fourth, we're pretty much Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, aren't yeah. we? And six of those, like you say, are. At but for the fortress that is the race course, I think we've got Aldershot away, Gateshead away, maybe, in that month. Yes. Um, but some of those home games are huge. Not only have we got Chesterfield, which they could be second by the time we play them in, what, four or five games' time. We've also got Woking, who are flying at the moment. That's going to be a, yeah. That's going to be a really tough game as well, so... And then you look at Notts County's fixtures as well in February and January. They've got some tricky, tricky games coming up. So it'll be interesting to see what the league looks like in uh, the end of February. Yeah, I think it'll, it will, we'll really know what's going on by the end of February, won't we? You know, mm. somebody, one or two teams will definitely have gone. You know, they'll have put the foot down uh, and some will get left behind, I suspect. So it'll be interesting to see who that is um, and whether Notts County can keep it up. Um, and interestingly, there's still, I mean, Luke Williams signed a new deal there, didn't he? Um, which was quite interesting. Um, and there's no word on Langstaff going anywhere. So I think, I suspect they will be what they are and probably add to their squad. So I think, the, you know, people who are hoping that uh, a Langstaff or a Rodriguez would go... Doesn't look like it, to be honest, from the outside. 
No, it's all gone a bit quiet, hasn't it, on the uh, the Notts County rumours. Um, I'm sure Wrexham fans will be hoping something comes up uh, in the next few weeks or so. But even if they keep Williams, they keep Rodriguez, they keep Langstaff, um, I wouldn't worry. I still think we're favourites for the title. Um, and it's that old cliche, isn't it? Don't worry about what your rivals are doing. Just yeah, focus on what you're doing and keep yeah. winning. Yeah, keep winning. So I guess something that will help us, uh, I know it was a, Parkinson said today that uh, I think next week, Mendy and Zana are back on the grass in training. So certainly Mendy was sort of, uh, for a game and a half, maybe two games just before his injury, looked outstanding. Um, that'll be a big plus. And I guess Hosanna's great cover, isn't he? Another one who struggles to stay fit, sadly, but Parkinson seems to really like him. So a bit of more squad depth coming when, when, then when you think that Cannon is getting some minutes. Um, I know the reserves game was cancelled yesterday. Um, so Cannon's getting some minutes. Davis will be back soon. I, I noticed on Instagram he posted he's just got some new football boots. So he was posting pictures of them in his stories. So, you know, there's three or four quality additions coming back into the squad, which when you're playing Saturday, Tuesday, you're going to need them. Exactly, yeah. Um, Mendy is a huge one for me. Um, don't want to knock our own players, but McFadden, the games he's played recently, he's looked very shaky. Um, when he came on against Solial, Coventry, it's hard to be critical because he's up against championship opposition. Um, but there's been a few times this season where I've looked at him and thought, he's not at it. Um, but last season I thought he was excellent so maybe it's just a dip in form but having Mendy coming back in as, as your first choice left wing back is, is huge like you say the two games he played over Christmas he you can see why we missed him so much because he's just he's got everything hasn't he yeah. um, Andy Cannon I'm sure we're going to call on him at one point um, like you say squad depth when you play in Saturday, Tuesday Saturday, Tuesday um, is huge so I'm sure he's got a huge part to play. Um, Jordan Davis as well. Forget what he did last season um, in terms of goals and assists and all-round performances. So to get these players back, hopefully fully fit by February, March time, when you get into squeaky bum time of the season, is going to be huge. And I think that's the difference between us and Knots. Yeah. Um, the only concern I have is if Mullen gets injured, yeah, have we got anyone who can replace it? So I get, I get, I get that, and I'm, I'm adamant that the club are comfortable in the knowledge that if if that was to happen for a significant amount of time, um, I think they because of the change to the transfer rules, I think they're confident that they could go out and get somebody, and they're just they probably they know that problem is who they'd like, and they're just letting them play football at the club. You know, maybe a Dallas or somebody like that. Let him play football, uh, and then we'll pull the trigger when we have to. I mean, Dallas would be such an easy deal to do. I'm not, he's not at Mullins' level overall, but in the National League, he's at sort of, you know, he would be a, a good replacement. You know, his deal's up in the summer. So, you know, that it wouldn't be a hard deal to do, would it? You know, you go there with a decent amount of money. I'm sure Dallas would snap their hands off. Yeah, I agree. And if Mullen is injured, say two, three months, you'd say to Dallas, look, we don't want you to come and compete with Mullen for the shirt. We need you to replace Mullen and start. It's up to you then. Along. Yeah. It's up to you, yeah, because you're not going to get a top quality player to come here and act as the third choice striker behind Palmer and Mullen, because why would they do that? 
Um, so you're right. I think there is a scenario where Mullin, again, touch wood, <laughs> gets injured. But then with the new transfer rules, like you say, we can go out, get pretty much anyone in the National League and say, do you want to start the next 12 matches, score 10 goals and help win us the league? Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm confident that's that, that's why. I mean, there was a rumour again today going round about, uh, is it Andy Cook? Uh, I don't know if you saw that today. Groundhog uh, Day. Yeah. Groundhog Day, yeah. Um, again, I just, I, I, you know, I, I think, I'm sure he's about 32 now, maybe 33. I just don't see us doing that. It just doesn't make sense to me that, uh, you know, um, that deal at all. Um, I think they're more likely just to sit on it. If we need for an emergency game or two, it'll be Dolby and Bick or Bickerstaff, whichever one they think is better against the opposition that we're playing. Um, and then if it's a long-term thing, then I th- that's when I think they'll pull the trigger. Uh, and I'm sure they'll be confident. Yeah, Cook was a very good player, still is a very good player. I've not seen him play for a couple of seasons, but you're right, he doesn't fit the... Rex, I'm signing DNA, really, does he? And he's only probably got one or two years of decent football left in him. Yeah, those legs have uh, uh, have seen enough football, I think. So, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, other than that, I haven't seen any sort of uh, any transfer news of substance. Uh, have you come across anything on the uh, interwebs? Uh, the only ones I've seen is the Moalisa one from a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and- yeah, yeah. The cook ones from today, which I think are wind ups because yeah. every every transfer window we get linked with cook. Um, so no, I mean whether that's a good thing. There's no leaks at the club. Maybe that's a good thing. There's no um, rumors, or there just aren't any transfers incoming. Um, we'll see. I think our squad depth at the moment is fine. The only concern is that striker position. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but uh, the more you think about it, the more you think that it it, it could be resolved with uh, you know, yeah with, with some with an an adequate replacement, should we call it, rather than a you know a direct replacement. Yeah, rather yeah. than a direct replacement. Good. Okay. Um, well, we're we're flying today, so we'll crack on and look around the Vanarama, shall we? Um, the Bananarama League. And see what's uh, see what's going on because obviously a lots of teams played trophy games, but obviously there were some league games, weren't there? Um, so we'll do our usual thing. We'll just look at the top and the bottom. Where do you want to start? Top or bottom? You tell me. Start at the top. Start always. at the top. Then so, Notts County still there, still sit there. Played twenty seven games, which is two more than us, uh, and they've got three points more than us, so they're on sixty two. However. Saturday night, 20 past five, is it, on the telly? Uh, yeah. It's on BT, away to Chesterfield. Well, I mean, that's going to be a, a humding of that, isn't it? I'm, as sad as it sounds, um, I'm really looking forward to that game. Um, it's it's good for us because one of those will drop points, it's a guarantee. In yeah. terms of what kind of result we want, um, I think a draw is best. Yeah, I, I still think Chesterfield have got a sniff. So, first choice result would be a draw. Second yeah. choice, probably Chesterfield a Chesterfield win. win. Um, and then worst, well, maybe not worst case scenario, but least favourable scenario would be a Notts County win. But it'd be nice to, I know we'll get on to this, beat Maidstone and then sit back, relax, and just watch those two scrap it out and six red cards, 10 injuries, and 
<laughs> I was just going to say something similar. Yeah, we'll have to hope that there's a, there's a ref that's really card happy uh, who yeah. goes to town with reds. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean that is it's a humdinger of a uh, of a game, and a draw would be an ideal result, I think, um, for us. Even though they'd both gain a point, they'd both still be dropping a couple, wouldn't they? In theory. Um, so yeah, so we sit there in second, and obviously we go away to Maidstone. Which we'll uh, we'll talk about in a bit. Now, technically in third place um, with twenty six games now is Woking, who've crept up. They've got four wins and one loss in the last five, but they've got they've got again they've got a tough game. They're at home to Barnet, who are in fifth place. So again, another sort of another game that's got potential for uh, somebody in that playoff mix to drop points. So I don't think that's a guaranteed win for them. Um, Chesterfield sit fourth with 49 points. Again, they're going to Notts uh, County, then Barnet. Southend sticking around. They're still there, uh, and they play Oldham away. Um, so, you know, you'd have to fancy them to get some points. And then Dagenham and Redbridge make up the top seven. Um, and their uh, their next game is actually uh, home to Maidenhead. Um, away to Maidenhead, sorry. Um so that's the top seven with the likes of Bromley, Weldston, Altrincham, and Eastley, and Boreham Wood and Solihull have fallen away massively. Solihull can't win. I don't know if you've seen at the moment. They've lost four in a row now. Yeah, they all over the place at the moment. Solihull, I know they've lost, um, well, not lost, but Sabar has been injured. Um, Storr has left now, their captain. Yeah. Um, in Keller previous got years. recalled. Keller got recalled and... I looked at the replies to their tweet at full time yesterday when they lost to who did they lose to at home? Aldershot. Uh, Aldershot, what a two off. Yeah. And a lot of them are calling for Neil Ardley's head now. And yeah. we can probably see why to go from playoff finalists last year to what's looking like mid table this year is, is some fall from grace. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he manages to stay in job, in a job, unless they start winning again. So, yeah, and Boreham would as well. I think, didn't someone say Portsmouth might be looking at Luke Garrard as their next manager? Yeah, I think Portsmouth have been having trouble finding somebody because of the sort of uh, off-the-field problems. So I think they've, they've been scouring lower down the leagues as well. Um, and he was linked He was linked with them. So, uh, you know, would you leave Boreham Wood? Probably would now when you're in 12th, not really fighting for very much. Um, although they're only five points off promotion, but, you know... They're not fighting at the top of the table, are they? So maybe he would go. Are they still in the FA Cup? Did they play their replay? Uh, did it? It got called off. we a frozen pitch. Ah, oh, right. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, barring a cup run, you know, they need to. Them and Solly all need to get a move on if they're going to do anything, don't they? They uh, do. They do. So bottom four as it's as we sit here then. So Scunthorpe rooted to the bottom. Um. With 19 points, um, and that's interesting. They're away at Solihull Moors, so uh, God, anything could happen there. Obviously, Maidstone come next. <laughs> set, 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 set up for an upset. This isn't it. Uh, <laughs> obviously, they play us uh, at their ground. Um, then Torquay, Torquay have fought their way off the bottom, obviously, but they've got Boreham Wood away. Uh, then Gateshead make up the bottom four, and they're home to Dorking, who sit in mid-table. Uh, with Oldham just now managing to get outside that bottom, but this, you know, you, you're starting to get one or two clubs cut adrift now, aren't we? So it's going to be tough for Scunthorpe, for instance. Um, 
Yeah, I think Scunthorpe are gone, if I'm honest. I can't yeah. see them turning it around, especially with all the off-field issues. Winding up orders and all sorts Winding of Winding up, up all, yeah. And you've got a feel for the fans, really, because I remember when they were in the Championship not that long ago. Um, and just a series of bad owners or bad owner has left them in there. Well, looking like playing Conference North football last, next season. Um, who else we got? Maidstone. Again, looking tricky for them now. Um, do they have a, a plastic pitch still? Are I believe still so. I, be- I believe it is. I've never been. Um, so, um, but I've, I'm pretty sure it is. Which one of our Achilles heels it used to be, didn't it? But obviously, we won away at Dork in this season, so I'm sure we'll be. Uh, we've broke the hoodoo. Yeah, I was going to say, is the 3G myth or curse still going? Now that we're that good, I don't think we have to worry about the kind of pitches we're playing on, do we? No, I'm sure we don't. I'm sure we don't. So, yeah, big games coming up this week. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously our own is important, but that couple there's a couple of them at the top of the table, which will be key, um, which will be really interesting. So Can we go top on Saturday if we win? Uh, we So, technically... We, uh, by goal difference, we could, yeah. So we could we could go top, um, which would be interesting because it would be interesting if that happened to see how you know put a bit of pressure on Notts County, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, like I said, it would be nice to beat Maidstone and then see what that does to County because no matter what County fans would say, it does make a difference if you know someone's taking your top spot and you need a draw or more to, to regain it. So I'm just hoping before we can enjoy that game at 20 past five that we, that do, we the do the business at three o'clock, at three o'clock, yeah. Okay, well, we're flying this week. Let's let's go on to that game. So we're, um, we'll do a little preview before I, uh, I say I'll, I'll attach that interview I did with, uh, with Fred. Um, so, I mean, normally you'd go away, Tricky, tricky conditions, i.e., artificial pitch, which we don't play on very often. Um, you'd be going, oh, well, maybe I'd take a draw or something. But given where we are now in the season, given where they are in the league, you've got you've got to be going down there and thinking this is a real chance. We've got to go and put on a decent display, and we've got three points, haven't we? Oh yeah, no two ways about it for me. We should go there and win. Um... Table doesn't lie. We're practically top for a reason, and they're second bottom for a reason. And we can't blame or look to blame the pitch or the weather or whatever, or the fact they may have a new manager. It's all irrelevant. We should go there and win, and and win comfortably, like we did at Dorking um, in September, like we did to some extent away at Solihull over Christmas as well. Um, League champions go to Maidstone and win. So if we don't win, um, bitterly, bitterly disappointed. New, I manag- think we will win. new manager bounce is inevitable. Uh, they're bound to get a new manager on about uh, tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Midnight tomorrow. Um, it's bound to happen. Um, but when I spoke to Fred, I said uh, I thought Wrexham would win 3-1. I thought we'd be too strong for them. Uh, I didn't think yeah. we'd keep a clean sheet. I, but I still I thought we'd be good enough to, to score some goals. So I said 3-1. Um, Team-wise, obviously, there'll be a lot of change. I 11 changes back to sort of where we were before because obviously he changed 11, didn't he, for the uh, for that game uh, at Altrincham. So I expect that I would call it now the usual suspects to reappear. 
being well rested, having a good week of training. Um, and it'll be interesting to see who's on the bench to see whether, you know, has Cannon had enough minutes yet to get on the bench, for instance? Or, you know, has, does, has Bickerstaff done enough to edge Dolby off, off the bench to, uh, you know, give him a bit of a rattle his cage a bit? So, but I'd expect the usual suspects and, you know, it should be a three, what, like you say, you've got to go there and win, really, if you've got to be league champion. So, uh, three, one for me. What were your thoughts? Um, yeah, probably a similar scoreline, similar um, team as well. I think quickly do the 1 to 11, it'll be Howard, yeah. Ford, Hayden, Tozer, Tunnicliffe, McFadgene, Lee, Young, and O'Connor, and then yeah. obviously Palmer and Mullen up top. Um, I was going to say 3 1 actually, so I can't copy you, can I? Well, you can, uh, you, can you can say what you want. It's not, funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fashionable to copy you. Oh, is it? I'll go for, uh, <laughs> I'll go one bet. I'll go four one. Oh, you think we'll win by more? Uh, yes. Richie did, did. Richie did put some predictions in, didn't he? Uh, oh, Richie went three one Saturday as well. You see, he should have copied us. Um, and then he's gone <laughs> for two nil on the Tuesday night. So uh, on Tuesday night, um, we have. Uh, remind me. Oh. Gateshead away. Gateshead away. That's it. Um, which again, um, I unless there's some injuries, I think we'll be rolling out. That, that team until some you know until uh, until there's an injury or um you know one of these big boys comes back um and i think we'll win that one too a bit i think it'll be a bit tougher that gateshead one uh, and i think it'll be a 2-1 win um what what are you what do you think do you think we can just rock, rock up and roll them over or i think i think you're right it'll be tougher um i'm only going on the two home matches we played against these teams Maidstone, I think we won six nil, absolutely battered them. Um, but Gateshead, I thought were decent, even though we beat them three one. I think in the end, I thought they had they had something about them. Um, and yeah, it will be tough. I think naturally playing the Tuesday after the Saturday will be tough because maybe you're a bit leggier and you've got a bit of fatigue. But I still think we'll beat Gateshead. Um, what did you say? Two nil. Two one. I said. I'll go two nil against Gateshead. Okay, yeah, Gateshead spanked York 3-0 away a couple of weeks ago. So that's just, you know, just they are capable of a decent result. Um, yeah. But, you know, again, like you were saying, you can't you can't be contemplating being league champions and dropping points away at those teams in the bottom four, can you? Regardless of, you know, their form, like you say, they're there for a reason, especially now at this stage of the season where you play 20-odd games. You know, it's different after one game, isn't it? You know, but exactly. after twenty odd games, you're starting to get. We're starting to find out who's got it and who hasn't. So, um, yeah, I'd fully expect us to rock up. Um, and again, you know, you just, just, just try to trying to get there, get a win, no injuries, no red cards, uh, get out alive, and uh, let's carry on. And it would be great as well to get two wins, six points out of six, and then you can look forward to the to the Sheffield United game then, because you've done your job in the league, and then the, yeah. the FA Cup game is pretty much a free hit, because if you lose, then we're expected to lose. It's just the league then, but if we win, into the fifth round, another shock, and the Wrexham bandwagon grows even bigger. So I just hope we can win those two matches and take the pressure off the, uh, the FA Cup game a little bit, maybe. Just a quick, just quickly before we uh, before we wrap up, it, Gateshead or Sheffield United, there's going to be some rotation. Thinking about it, 
which game yeah. do you think he, you know, because I was surprised he rotated in the FA Cup, to be honest. Do you think he might do the same again? Um, I'd like to see us go full strength in the FA Cup. Yeah, I would. Because um, I think it's a winnable yeah, game at home anyway. I, I absolutely. And I don't yeah. want a replay. We don't want a replay. Go out to win it. Um, and yeah, I'd. It'd be a shame for that special occasion for us to see a few second-string players in that team. I think we should just go for it. If we get knocked out, we get knocked out. I agree. All right, we'll leave it there then. We've been we've uh, we've we've been good time tonight, and we'll come back next week with six points, and we'll preview the big one, Sheffield United. Sounds good to me. So ahead of the uh, Maidstone game this weekend, I was lucky enough to catch up with uh, Mr. Fred Atkins for 15 minutes or so. Fred is the uh, one of the commentators at Maidstone for the club and on behalf of the club. And he's also the writer-presenter of the uh, Gate Money documentary, which was uh, brilliantly received when it came out about six or eight weeks ago. So if you haven't seen it, go and check it out. It's on YouTube. It's free to watch. All about the... Uh, funding during COVID and how the National League performed during that, shall we call it? Um, so, yeah, thank you very much to Fred, who is very kind to come on. And, uh, yeah, have a listen as we preview the Maidstone game. Right, so it's actually, it's a couple of, few months before, since we last talked, so just... Um, I'm intrigued on uh, your sort of feelings after the documentary before we get on to Maidstone at the weekend. How has it been since the uh, since the launch? Um, well, it was... It's weird, actually, because uh, we weren't really sure how many people were going to watch it. And last count, we'd had uh, 76,000 views. Wowza. So that was probably more than we were anticipating. Um and the response really was pretty much universally positive from everyone who'd seen it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in terms of the question we get asked a lot is, you know, is it going to change anything? And we say, well, probably not. <laughs> it doesn't seem to have changed anything. Um, nothing's, you know, nothing's been done. Um, and I, I don't think it will be, you know, unless someone decides to pick it up or maybe somebody like, Gary Neville or you know, Ryan Reynolds or somebody decides to yeah. Uh, yeah, decides to sort of go with it and create a bit of a fuss. So I think part of the problem is teams just don't want to um, expose themselves to any kind of backlash. So, you know, they, they, a lot of people thinking about, well, it's three years ago now, so, you know, maybe we should just move on and forget about it. And I think that's what will happen, basically, and, and nothing will change. Yeah, we it's it it almost felt like part two though when we recently had the uh, streaming sort of uh, funding yes. model that there seemed to be very little um, interaction between the clubs before it was launched. Um, from what I understand, it was just sort of a couple of days before I think clubs got to see the 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 sort of uh, model. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, there's a sort of th- further irony in that because I'm going to be the match day commentator on Saturday. Um, so I'm going to end up commentating on Maidstone versus Wrexham 
um, I'm not getting paid for it. The cameraman isn't getting paid for it. And um, we're basically working unpaid. And a chunk of this money is going to go to the National League, which we made the documentary about in the first place. So, yeah. Um, oh, the Irish. <laughs> you can't really make that up, can you? And yet, here we are, and it's happening. Okay, so let's touch on that then. Let's touch on the important stuff. So uh, Wrexham travel to Maidstone on Saturday. Um, give us a give us a snapshot of where you are at the moment, I guess. Uh, well, it's been a very eventful week and a half uh, because basically we sacked a manager who got us promoted to this league. And then about 24 hours after that, it was announced that the club was being taken over. Um, so... Yeah, we've had eventful weeks in the past, but this is is up there with the most eventful. Um, Hacken Hayratim is the the manager who got us promoted last year, um, and it just didn't really work for him this year. He was quite unlucky in a lot of ways, but uh, you can't keep being unlucky. Um, and I think it got to the point where the club just felt they had to make a change because they'd gone seven games without a win, and. You, you were looking at thinking, right, well, is he going to turn this around? Because he turned it around from a similar sort of situation last year. But it just seemed to be too many things behind the scenes that weren't quite right. And then there was a bit of a scandal over the signing of um, Zuma, the defender, which upset quite a lot of people. Um, and it all, the cumulative effect of it, I think, finally told. And uh, they parted company with him about this time last week, I think it was. Was the uh, scandal over Zuma because of the fact that, I mean, wasn't he the brother that recorded the famous animal yes. kicking video? Yeah. So was that the kerfuffle that the fans didn't really sort of want him because of that, or was there something else? Um, I think if we'd been top of the league and they'd signed him and he'd scored a hat-trick in the first game against York, I I suspect it wouldn't have been quite the source of outrage that it was. Um but I mean, that's not to—it's not, not to belittle. A lot of people are genuinely upset by it. Yeah. Um, and I—I I sort of took the view that Hack and Hayratin himself said, "Look, the guy's—he's done something wrong, and he's made a mistake. He's served his time, and he deserves a second chance at playing." Which I kind of agree with, um, because I think what he was doing was filming the actual incident, and. I'm not going to defend him for doing it, but at the same time, there are people who've done much worse who are still pursuing careers in professional football. Um, so I thought there was a bit of a pile-on, but as you say, it's the sort of circumstances. It's like after seven games in which you haven't won, to then sort of suddenly get presented with this, I think it was the final straw for some people. Okay. And of course, he scored an own goal about <laughs> thirty minutes into his debut, which was an help. <laughs> oh no! No. <laughs> um, so you sit about twenty third, I think, currently in the league. Um, yeah. I guess how are Maidstone fans feeling? I mean, obviously, it's not great being in the relegation zone, but is there any positivity at the moment? Um, you know, or does um, it feel like, oh, you know, this is this is a write off now? We had a pretty good win in the FA Trophy at Notts County on Sunday. Yeah. Um, all right. It was on penalties. They weren't playing their strongest side, but that's given everybody a bit of a lift. And um, the new caretaker manager is George Alakobi, who everyone has got a lot of time for. Uh, he's very well respected at the club, and it, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he got the job full time. Um, so that's given everyone a bit of a lift 
whether I'd say that there's a sort of uh, uh, football fans are quite often the same. In fact, it's the same in all sports. You know, when when results aren't going your way, you get people who are just ingrained pessimists who think everything is over um, and you've got no chance. And I'd say you've got a chance of getting out of it, but sooner or later, they've got to start winning games and um, it couldn't get a lot tougher than a home game with Wrexham on the Saturday. <laughs> that, well, that was that was what I was about to say. It was obviously Wrexham roll into town um, in pretty good form. Um, with a very expensively assembled squad. Uh, I mean, from a Maidstone point of view, do you think, given that little bit of confidence at the, week, at the weekend, that they'll be looking forward to it and relishing it? Or do you think there'll be a, a, an air of sort of, oh, well, this, you know, we would have liked an easier game? I think the players would be relishing it. I think most of them um, have still got that sort of mentality where... Um, you know, they like to play in the biggest games and they like to test themselves against the best opponents. And, and in fairness, um, I, I know the league table doesn't really lie, but they've really not been that bad at times this season. They've played some good football. They've been very unlucky with injuries. Um, the recruitment wasn't great in the summer and um, some of the players that were brought in weren't really, you know, you know in a couple of cases, they've just been injured all the time. Um, so we've not even had a chance to see them. But there were two or three games at the start of the season where we're actually playing some pretty decent football and looking all right. And as recently as um, just before Christmas, uh, we had a couple of very good wins against Gunthorpe and uh, against Maidenhead. And at that point, it looked like we might be all right. And then there was an injury to the keeper, um, Ryan Sanford, who was on loan from Millwall. And that, that was a sort of catalyst for this terrible run of seven games without a win um so i think people think well you've always got a chance and just regarding it as a free hit really you know no one's really expecting to win it but you think well you know stranger things have happened we uh it's interesting because the, the the times where we seem to play teams and they have a sort of free hit with no pressure uh you end up we end up with games like dover last season you know which was uh a proper basketball mayhem game because obviously you know they were yeah. rock bottom and had absolutely nothing to lose at the race course so you just never know um so from a Wrexham point of view uh, obviously you don't know the starting sort of lineup but who should we be watching out for who's the threat to us uh, well Jack Barham is the only striker that's got any kind of prolific goal scoring record at the moment and he's very decent nippy forward uh, good finisher uh, Rory Deacon is the sort of player who can, you've always got a chance when he's on the pitch because he can just make something happen. Uh, like he did at Meadow Lane on Sunday where he saw the keeper off his line from about 45 yards out, managed to chip him for the second goal. Um, and then Sam Corn, who struggled a bit for fitness, but he's the sort of player in central midfield. Um, he, He's like, I think, David Platt sort of comparison. Okay. Uh, that sort of player from midfield who can always get you a goal from somewhere. And um, if he's fit, then he'd be a player that I'd be looking out for. And how will how do you think Maidstone will approach it? Well, I mean, you know, is it free-flowing attacking football? Or do you think they'll rely on set, are you strong on set pieces? What do you think the game plan will sort of be? I think they'll react to whatever it is that Rex will throw at them. It might be intense for the first few minutes or so, but... Um, it, I, I couldn't tell you, to be honest, because it's only going to be George Adekobi's second game in charge. Um, 
I, I would imagine that they'll be feeling quite liberated and not, you know, not too constrained uh, because you'll probably tell them to go out and say, look, this is a free hit. So, yeah. um, you know, do what you will. And you could, you know, anything can happen. You could be three nil down after 20 minutes or as, as long as you stay in the game, yeah. then uh, it could get very interesting. Um, so I've never visited Maidstone's ground. Uh, I'm sure there'll be some Wrexham fans that, that haven't. What, um, in terms of sort of, uh, as an away fan, um, sort of uh, drinking, eating, facilities, What where should they be headed? Is it close to anywhere that you'd recommend? What's the score? Uh, well, it's, it depends how you're travelling down. Um, it's very close to Maidstone East Station. Um and there are a lot of pubs around there. It's not really my thing. I'd say don't go to Weatherspoons because they're bastards. <laughs> um, but there are plenty of other places. If you are into, if you're a drinker and you're into your real ale, there are two or three pubs around the town that are worth visiting, which I I would suggest Googling. I don't really know them that well because it's not really my sort of thing. But um, you'll get a good view, or you should get a good view because you've got a very good terrace uh, the sections behind the goal on the north side of the ground um, and you do get a really good atmosphere in there um, which is not to say that it doesn't occasionally spill over a bit because the problem you've got is it's um, it's right by the segregation line so the less enlightened members of our support do tend to congregate there so they can yell things at the visiting fans and that does tend to attract the less enlightened visiting supporters as well who like to go there for a bit of a ruck but um, yeah, usually the view's pretty good. The food in the ground's not bad, but I don't know. Um, I've got to say, I've never actually tried it in the away end. Uh, so, you know, what you'd be able to get, I don't know. But you are very near the town centre, so you're not exactly strapped for options. Okay, good. And I know we've uh, we've stolen time from your day this afternoon. So, I mean, if you were going to have a guess at the score, um, I think Wrexham will win by a couple. Um, I think we'll concede, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have a guess at a three-one away win. Um, but what was what's your sort of uh, what would be your best guess? I'd, I'd say that I'd put it in percentage terms. I think if you look at it, it's more than likely that Wrexham will win. Probably sort of seventy percent chance that Wrexham will win, and maybe fifteen percent of chance for draw and fifteen percent chance that we nick it. I think. Oh, he doesn't want to commit. <laughs> no, well, I mean, I, I it's one of these things where, like, I think predicting it, um, Temps you know, if I knew what was going to happen, I, I wouldn't go. Um, uh, but it, yeah. does, it, it does interest me the balance, you know, of how likely it is. And um, I, I would say that, yeah, you're more likely to win than not. But Wrexham haven't actually won at uh, the new ground. Um, and in fact, I think going back to the Football League days, I think out of three games, um, Wrexham only won once back when yeah. we were playing at Dartford. I mean, that's going back a long way. Um, but, you know, in the more recent years, I think they were most of one once and there were two draws. So it's not the sort of happiest of um, hunting grounds for Wrexham so far. So I guess we'll end with, um, obviously you played Notts County what were you? I'm granted it was a rotated squad, but what were your thoughts on on the, our title rivals? Um, they were. I mean, obviously they, they were weakened, as you say. So it, I wouldn't read too much into it. I mean, they they showed 
you know, they were 2-0 down and they fought back to get a 2-2 draw. Um, so they've obviously got some sort of commitment in there, but I, you can't really read anything into it from that because the players that were out there weren't really the ones that are going to be pushing you for promotion. Okay. Well, listen, I'm, uh, I really appreciate us sort of throwing this together at the last minute today. Um, I'm glad the documentary, I hope you think the documentary's done really well, because obviously the feedback that I see has been really positive, so that's great. So hopefully you do feel some of, the, uh, some of that feedback is uh, really positive. Uh, will, like you say, will anything happen? Who knows? But, uh, you know, maybe, there's, uh, maybe there is still a sequel in it yet for you. Yeah, there could well be, yeah. It's time for the dulcet tones of Mr. Neil Smith, who goes under the guise of 1987 till present, who's performing a song written by his brother Adam Smith, which is called Someday. Someday is a song about Wrexham AFC, and you're, you're able to buy this song with profits going to Mind Charity. So if you go over to Bandcamp and look for 1987 till present, they're also on Twitter as 1987 till present. You'll find uh, Neil Manning, the man in the site there. So here's their brilliant song, Someday, to play us out. But that's been a football club here since 1864 Trying to do the town or city proud Laying under the massive floodlights of the racecourse ground Shine, you'll hear our cries. Hold our hands up as the Welsh dragon flies. For loyal supporters on a lifelong journey, we'll live in hope, but we'll die in Kadguli. I've been telling everyone I see. I've been telling. I've been telling everyone to listen to me Someday we will be back in the football league We've had the best home talent like Joey Jones And his best made Mickey T Di Davis was a druid he
Back in the football league. 